Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello, welcome to Triple P. <laughs> oh Triple my P. God, what is happening? <laughs> Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, Justin Bradford and Matt Best. It's going to be this kind of season, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so we should expect this tone for a while and crack this open. All right. There you go. It's Matt's turn to have a beer. It is. It's Friday, and I'm not working for once. Look at me go. How about that? How about that? Well, uh, mm, mm, the Natural Predators will forever be in the history books, <laughs> just like the Carolina Hurricanes are forever in the history books for the Natural Predators. It's just that was a long time ago, and now people will not you know, forget this for a while. Uh, <laughs> so Natural Predators fell to the Seattle Kraken 4-3 really more like what three two if we want to put it like this because you had an empty net goal you have a garbage goal from from Grandland. this was not good i was gonna wait and see what you were gonna say and not good was what i was gonna say this was this was this was not the the best start i mean you know us we're we're going to be as fair as we possibly can we'll try to find silver linings but also keep it real uh and this is just one game i mean you if you're with us from the other network, you know that things started off fairly well in a previous life, and then it went downhill quickly, and then it all of a sudden turned around again. So anything can happen in a season, but there are just some glimpses, and we know there's going to be some pains and adjustments and things like that, and plenty of young faces. This team went from being one of the oldest to one of the youngest in one off season. Went from one of the oldest to one of the youngest. Now, granted, you did have a couple, well, one player skewing the age <laughs> a lot. That was in Pekka Rene, but... He's obviously a starter, and and he did a lot of great things for the franchise. But they're on a new era right now with Yusuf Saros. And for this game, definitely not putting blame on Yusuf Saros. No. That's for sure. That's for sure. There there are a couple things that I think we'll cover, and this is not going to be one of those long 50-minute podcasts because we're really just going to talk about this one game and what we like to see. But for the love of all that is fucking holy, (laughs) stop dressing Ben Harper. Oh, yeah, that's like we could spend the whole podcast. Ben Harper's not an NHL defenseman. He's an He's AHL not. defenseman. I was talking to a friend of the show, Kyle Perkins, and his biggest takeaway, one of them was that Ben Harper is just not good. I'll spare the actual detailed message, but he's not good. And I said to him, and he's like, Boro or Benning should play there. And I was like, yeah, because Boro yeah. is a legitimate bottom like pairing defenseman. Benning's a seventh defenseman. Ben Harper's an AHL defenseman. Like, I don't understand the love affair around it. And then when you realize halfway through the game that Ben Harper, for lack of a better term, is playing like dog shit, you then only play that third pairing for 12 minutes and you play your second pairing for over 20 minutes and they get taxed and taxed and taxed. And you saw how slow the blue line was. It's just a storm of shit once you go, oh, this isn't working. Maybe I shouldn't play him as much. He's not like... He's probably the nicest guy, sure, whatever. But if we're talking like straight up hockey sense, he's not good. He like, you, you not, and not, not NHL good. I no, mean, he's better than both of us at the sport. Hundred percent, he kick our asses too. <laughs> but like, from a pure logistical like hockey standpoint, he should not be in an NHL lineup. Maybe on a very bad team that's depleted depth wise. Detroit. But, but yeah, but when this team has <laughs> defensive prospects that could benefit from playing fourteen ish minutes a night you're wasting your time with Ben Harper and just ruining the game for yourself. You're immediately starting with a handicap and just going, 
we would like to start losing this game right out of the gate because we are going to play Ben Harper. That's like the dumbed down version of it. It's just you're doing yourself no good. And sure, if Ben Harper goes out every five games and has one good game, who gives a flying shit about that? It, it like it doesn't matter at all. One good game doesn't wash it away. So what if he has two average games? It still doesn't matter. Ben Harper like is just wasting a roster spot compared to what else is on the roster. That's the that's the key. Yeah, compared to what else on the roster because Mark Borowiecki, you can play twelve minutes a night. And he's probably going to make some mistakes and everything, but he's going to be difficult to play against, and he can be rough and tumble when he needs to be. Also, Mark Borowiecki has this new, like, mindset as well after just what he's went through in the offseason and his injury and the mental health. He's fired up and ready to go. The look on his face when he got introduced, he did not look like a happy camper to be a scratch. No. I mean, I know they didn't cover on the broadcast, really, but when they start introducing the scratches, you see... Rocco Grimaldi, you see Matt Benning, and it's that's awkward. And you see Mark Borowiecki, and the look in his face was like, I just want to be in the freaking ice. Just because he looks at Ben Harper and goes, What did Ben Harper do? Like, after the game, he'll look at Ben Harper and go, He hit, Boro does it better. He blocks shots. Actually, Harper didn't block any, according to this box sheet. Um, <laughs> and he played shorthanded. All things that Borowiecki does and has proven that he can do, albeit at a bottom six, like, kind of style. Which we're like, we're not arguing the fact that Ben Harper is the sole reason that the Preds lost, but he is part of the reason. And I mean, he he was on the ice for three goals against. Yeah, and it's just in so, turn he makes Fabro look like shit too. But yeah, there's, there's, it's because Fabro should be playing with a veteran still to mentor him, or Fabro should be playing with someone that can match his skill set, not someone who thinks he's a defensive yeah. defenseman, but is actually a liability. And at least Matt Benning is a mobile defenseman. And at least Borvietsky knows how to just be positionally sound. Right. Ben Harper looks like me and you just going, what do now? <laughs> and then a goal against, and instead of getting a tap on your back and going, oh, it's okay, we'll get him in the next period, it's, dude, we're losing an NHL game. That's the or difference. It's, or it's the tap on the shoulder is the referee saying, uh, you just got scored on again. Yeah. Like, it's but just... It... <laughs> It's and yeah, like like Matt said, that's not the sole reason why the Preds lost this game. There were defensive lapses, there were just not good offensive opportunities. Shoot, the way the third period started out, neither team could get a shot on net, and it was just it became boring. I mean, there are so many stints in this game that just were boring hockey, and Seattle lulled them. They really did lull them, and the Predators started out well. I like the start they had. I mean, Ellie Tolvanen. That was so nifty what he did with with his goal. The oh, puck that, came to him off the faceoff and knocked kicked down. it to himself. Yeah. And, and he's able to <clears> knock it down, get control, and then snipe it. That was what exactly what you want to see from a young prospect that has so much pressure on him. It's for him to score in the first game and it to be a nifty goal and like that for a confidence boosting type of goal. A lot of people are going like, well, it's in the slot. Anyone can do that. If you break the play down slowly, <laughs> yeah, he knocked it down, then he picked. Like, yeah. not a lot of people can hit that shot with an empty net where he put it. Quickly, like, when there's pressure was, on you, too. It was bang, 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 in. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. If there's one shining star from this whole game, it has to be just Tolvanen. That's well, it. And Mikhail Granlin had a decent game as Granlin well. Granlin was good, but Granlin came as expected. He's picking up exactly where he left off from last year. Tolvanen okay, that's fair. has a lot to just prove again because he came flying out as soon as he got his opportunity. And, and then he kind of got hurt and kind of fizzled out after that. Yeah. Now, if, I'm not expecting, obviously, an 82-goal pace from Tolvanen. I'm just expecting this effort. Fire off six shots a night, sure. Uh, Philip Forsberg, learn a little and start shooting the puck again like you used to, buddy. Like, one shot's not going to cut <sighs> it from Phil. 
that first line it was rough it, it the, just... the first line had spurts where i thought they did this looks pretty good this looks playoff pushy and then i was like okay it just looks like three dudes who are making a shit ton of money who don't care the the line that if anything I liked the most because they seemed overall consistent in the type of hockey they were going to play was the quote unquote fourth line because they gave you what you expected. There would no more, no less. They gave you some offensive opportunities, some big hits. They were going to be physical. They were going to forecheck. They were going to be overall responsible as much as you can be when you have young guys like that in there, but they came as expected. And I that's just, what I liked out of that fourth line more than anything else. I feel like the fourth line though, across any hockey team is the easiest to achieve. You know what I mean? They, like it is, you but can I mean, plug they in, did disappoint. No, right. You can <laughs> plug in so many places or players into the fourth line and go, okay, you're a checking line. You're an energy line. And they'll just go, okay, because I got to show it or I'm off the team kind of thing. But at least they had offensive opportunities, too. They did. But, like, a fourth-line goal should be considered an, a supreme bonus. The fourth line oh, yeah, shouldn't ever be, like, our top three talking points. If you want a no. successful <laughs> hockey team, like, the fourth line should be a throwaway sentence, like, towards the end of the podcast where you go, you know what, Trenton, Sissons, and Janot played pretty good. They When they were out there, they played defensively. They played, played good. And that's all we needed from the fourth line. It shouldn't be, like... Yeah, but the fourth line played good, and I'm not, like, making fun of us for bringing up the fourth line. It just kind of shows the third line was kind of invisible. I mean, putting Nick Cousins on your power play is very questionable, and giving Philip Tomasino zero power play time, very questionable. There's there's a lot of things that Hines needs to work out within the first couple weeks, and the good thing about being a quote-unquote retool team is that he's going to get a little more leeway to do it, the fact of the matter is now that some fans and some people will still look at this Predators team and go, yeah, but they can be competitive. It's like, no, that's that's not this season. They, they will be fun <laughs> to watch at times. They will steal some games. They'll hang in close against some teams. But often nights, they're probably going to look a little overmatched unless something magical clicks. And that's not a bad thing. It's just where this franchise is right now. So if we want to look at some of the advanced stats, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but if you look at natural stat trick and just to go along with what we were saying about Ben Harper and to look at the expected goals for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Not good. Uh, The XGF percent for Ben Harper was 16.34. The relative, the difference was, Negative sixty-two thirty-eight. The expected goals <laughs> against was 0.56, which was the well just the highest in the team aside from Dante Fabro, but their defensive partners Fabro was at a 0.57. That's bad. It was really, really bad. Like really, 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 really bad. On a chart, pairing. I saw a chart get <laughs> tweeted out, and everyone for advanced stats was to the right, which is good. You want to be to the right. And then it was Harper and Fabro just shoved to the left. It's like, what is what is happening here? So okay, let's go on to the debut of Philip Tomasino. It was there were some rough spots. There were some. I didn't say he had a full on welcome to the NHL moment. Aside from the completely blown assignment on the back door. Yeah, not good. That was his welcome to the NHL moment. But it wasn't like he got dipsy doodled around or a big heavy hit or anything like that. That was as close as you can get to your welcome to the NHL moment in your first NHL game. Uh, he had a couple good opportunities in the third period. It seemed like he was getting a little more into it uh, and feeling 
feeling just his presence a little bit more there too. But again, the team got very young. It got very, very young. And I'm not going to be upset or frustrated as much if they lose games. I'll be more frustrated if they lose games by continuing to play a player like Ben Harper and not someone that could benefit from it or be a veteran to help those around him. Like Mark Borowiecki can at least support his defensive partner in a little bit better fashion. Or if you're throwing in a Davies or Ferentz adventure or something like that, that's not going to frustrate me when they lose. If you're doing that, if you're still putting out what you think is the best lineup to get your young players opportunities to be better, lose games that's okay you learn from losing games you 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 can set yourself up better for the future if you lose some games like that but if you continue to put out a player like ben harper <laughs> over other players that would fit better in the lineup then it becomes frustrating because then you're not doing the best possible for the lineup and i'm not sure that this we talked about something like this before when it comes to decisions i'm not sure if that is a david poyle saying you need to play him john hines or if that's john hines wanting to play him because talked about this in the press box last night and you you confirm this for me please matt because you have watched so many different nhl teams and i mean just not being in nashville basically every single nhl coach has one player that for some reason is their favorite player <laughs> and they play them all the time and everyone else in the stands every single writer every statistician everyone's like why the hell does this guy keep getting ice time? This one guy is a thorn in the side of a fan base that does not need to be out there. And it's like, it's not a unique situation to Nashville. This happens on every single team. Yeah. It's uh, it feels like Ben Harper must have blackmail on someone is what's happening. <laughs> because I, I try to come up with the arguments to put a guy like him in the lineup. He's 26 years old, but yeah, he's never been a guy who, had that promise of being a top four defenseman. Yeah, he was drafted in the fourth round, but you go through his junior stats, he's good at one thing and one thing only, and that's playing defense. Well, it turns out he's kind of shit at playing defense. So what do they keep doing? Trotting him out, trotting him out, trotting him out. He's 26 years old, but he's bounced around from for a couple teams now and has had opportunities. He's had top four roles across all of these teams at some point, and it hasn't worked out. When is it time to say... No mas. This is the end of this. We need to say goodbye to the Ben Harper experiment. I just, like, I don't like being overly negative about players and talking down to them because at the end of the day, they're playing a sport that I wish I could play at the level they're playing or have the skill set. Because if I ever saw Ben Harper on a pond around me, he'd skate around me in circles and I'd feel like Mm -hmm. he's Wayne Gretzky and I'm an idiot. But (laughs) when it comes down to just the professional side of things, he is a detriment to this lineup. He's not providing anything like you said where a young guy like Davies can step in and get his lumps right away just like a Tomasino did he got his lumps he had one shit play and then he was like "Ah, maybe (laughs) that's what it's like because every player needs to go through something like that and for players to this day like Austin Matthews Connor McDavid those guys still leave their assignments from time to time and it's just like "Eh, oops the game's fast That's, that's it right and for a guy that's getting his first taste of the NHL Tomasino gets a pass. Ben Harper has had, he got his passes to start his career. We're done Mm -hmm. handing out passes. We're (laughs) handing out press box seats next. So in the third period, the Predators outshot the Kraken 13 to (laughs) one. They were, (laughs) they were only down by a goal. (laughs) They outshot 13 to one. And well, they did get, uh, they did have a power play goal, scored in the five on three. Roman Yossi got that one timer. 
It was nice to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikhail Grenlin, that we, we talked about him. I mean, he had a three-point night. So a good start for him wearing the A as an alternate captain. Uh, totally deserved, his leadership. Yeah, totally deserved with, with the way that he'd just come along as well, too. I asked him about that last night, and he just wants to be a good example and set an example for the way to play and, and play hard. And, I mean, he said that he said the right cliche things, yes. <laughs> anything, in answering my question. But it's it nice to see him get rewarded uh, with that as well, especially when you think about who he's playing with. He's playing with two young guys out there, and Luke Cunning and Ellie Tolvanen. So for them to have a center that's wearing an A, that's good mentorship as well. That's a good-looking uh, line, too. Like, yeah, I, give I them really a bit, like the potential that Give line. them a bit of time. That line, I think, is really nicely constructed. There you go, John Hines. Have a compliment. There. No, I, I yes, I agree. I really like that line more than the first line. Yeah. That I'm, line naturally seems to fit together. I just feel like the first line has two guys that you got to keep up there, and you just have to. That I, you have to. I have, like, this there's, one, there's no this, rhyme or reason. They just have to be up there because if you're eventually going to trade them, you got to get some sort of value out there, and you need that ice time. Yeah, you right. can't just straight up buy them out. I mean, you could, no. but that just hurts at that price. The the second line for the Predators, the Glenlin line, looks like a first line of, of a rebuilding team. Yeah. It's good. Like, it's a good line. They're not going to blow you away, but they're going to show a lot of good damn potential. Is what's what I think is going to happen. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I made my prediction about Cunning. I think he could have a very good season uh, overall too, because he could really step up in his role. Now the uh, let's we are all over the place because we didn't have an agenda. The agenda was to talk about the damn loss, which is fine, uh, which is totally fine. Let's discuss power play unit number two. Okay. So <laughs> you as, mean your parts and pieces power play? Yeah, uh, the first power play unit makes sense. I mean, in terms of what you're putting out there overall, it was just funny because in the press box, this is the first time like everyone's together. My obviously my first game because I've been uh, traveling all the time and missing because of other duties with work and things like that. So we were we were back squeezing the press box. Number one, folks, it was definitely a weird feeling uh, and also weird to wear a suit for the first time to a hockey game uh, since March 2020. My God. Yeah, it's been that long. I wasn't on camera last season, so why would I wear a suit? Uh, but we're all kind of looking out there like, okay, well, let's see what they do with the power play. Okay, first unit, that makes sense. Second unit, okay, he makes sense yet. Okay, Cunning, yeah, okay, you're going to put glass up there. Okay, okay. And Cousins is at the point. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I'm like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... so uh, uh, if you're going to be on the power play, which is typically when you want to expose players to an opportunity to where they don't have to be as defensive minded, that's where you slide in Philip Tomasino to put him in a situation where he can hopefully be successful. Yep. Because at least he has an offensive upside. And maybe I wouldn't put him at the point necessarily because there is still more responsibility there if a puck gets past you, but he should be out there. Just like if, for instance, if you're going to play young guns later on on the defensive units, like a Ference or a Davies gets called up, I'd like to see them on a power play unit. You put players in positions to be successful. Overall, I do like where they have Tomasino line up with Cody Glass because I think those two could work off each other well. And I'm okay with them being out there with Nick Cousins at the, for the time being because of what he could provide a little bit of protection for some of these guys. At even strength. And, and, at even strength and be a physical player in front of the net, things like that, and give them an opportunity to, su- to succeed. On the power play, I'd rather have Tanner Janelle out there than Nick Cousins. I uh, like 
That's that second unit. It should be cunning on the half wall. It should be glass creeping around the slot and like rotating between the slot and like the left side point and just going back and mm. forth. Or it depends where you're at, where Ekholm is at the time. Uh, Heinz had Carrier out there for a second, and I was like, I hate two defensemen out at the same time. And then it morphed into Nick Cousins, and I was like, never mind, I hate this a lot more. Because that just doesn't work ever, not even once. Like, my hierarchy of hating things on the power play goes double defensemen, and then why the hell are you on the power play? Those are yeah. the two things like that I just don't get. <laughs> I Like, Tomasino is good at, we've watched him being a two-way player. He's a distributor, and he's a guy that knows how to chase the puck and get to the spots where he can create offense. He doesn't sit around, he creates offense. Sounds like someone you'd really like on your power play. Yeah. Matt Duchesne's yeah. a guy who we give a lot of shit to, but he knows how to go to the front of the net. Duchesne's not afraid. He will charge in there like a bull in a china shop, which is really just what you need. He's a better Tanner Janot. Cody Glass, offensive upside, I understand that. Matthias Ekholm, offensive upside from your D side. Luke Cunnan, potent shot on the left side, potent shot on the right side. He's good. You can play him on the half wall. Just what the hell is Cousins' role there? Like, his role, like you said, on 5-on-5 five five is kind of just be not big and brash, but just be a bit of a physical guy and just add a different element to Glass and Tomasino. Yeah. You don't need that element on that power play unit. No. You need a Tomasino. You need, Jesus, give me Carrier again. Give me double defenseman before you <laughs> trot out Nick Cousins. There's so many things that I hope John Hines just goes... Well, we worked on this in the preseason, and we worked on this in camp, and it looked good, but you know what? It looked like shit, so we're not doing it anymore. Like These are just a bunch of things that we see out of one game. It's going to take three or four games for us to decide if they're a trend or not. That's yeah. my in my book. Three or four games to see whether we see an opening part of the season trend, and the trends change. Just know that. Also, I uh, just need to point this out. If you are not watching this on YouTube, you should uh, take note of the the hat that Matt is wearing right now. Hey, I like the Kraken gear. I have a. I, I do. I do as well. I bought a like an old school Mighty Ducks logo hat too, mm-hmm. and so I was gonna wear that. And I had the two hats next to each other. I was like, wait a minute, I gotta wear the Kraken hat. I, I really, I I do enjoy it. I, I'm enjoy a big it fan. A it has like the mesh back and everything, so it fits oh, my you... fat head. And it breathes. And it breathes. And it breathes. It is on fat head setting though. I mean, like we've got it. <laughs> oh, he has only. <laughs> I've got There's a big a head. It's a full-on adjustable, and folks, he only has two pegs left. That's all I've used is two pegs? That's it? Oh, two pegs. That's it. Just two pegs. That's what they call you, Justin. Two pegs, Bradford. (laughs) I'd have a different career if that was the case. (laughs) We'd be making a lot more money. Probably. (laughs) A lot more sad at the end of the day, but yeah. I mean, I'd be recognizable on Twitter. That's for sure. You would be. Justin Triple X Bradford. No, double peg. <laughs> double peg. Double peg triple X. Oh. oh. All right. Coming, so, coming, coming to a theater near you. Wow. <laughs> okay, the Carolina Hurricanes coming to town oh, Saturday God. night. This is... <laughs> the, the Carolina Hurricanes, they made some changes in the offseason as well. They also, for some god awful reason signed tony d'angelo yep uh this will be a litmus test oh boy we saw some litmus tests on night one and what columbus did to arizona oh boy that was fun. and how how detroit could not hold on to a three-goal lead to save their lives that was also fun 
was also interesting. So I can get I I can guarantee you this: the National Predators will finish above the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's about all I can guarantee. And the Red Wings. There you go. <laughs> and the Red That's about all we can guarantee there, folks. So this will be another litmus test. And you know, I say that watch them go out and beat Carolina like five to two. I would shit something. myself. That's just like remember but, earlier how we were talking about the fourth line should just be a throwaway thing. Uh huh. That's the Carolina Hurricanes. The fourth line there is Stepan, Martin, Nook, and Lorenz. Great fourth line. Nobody yeah. will ever talk about them. Their top three lines are so good. Like, right. It just, it's not fair to a it's lot of It's going teams. to be a big old test for the Predators to see if they can get a little undiscombobulated against the Carolina Hurricanes. And quick, quick early rematch from the playoffs. And also they obviously saw each other half, the, half of Carolina's preseason. <laughs> only played four games instead of the quote-unquote required six. Mm-hmm games and then got tattled on uh, <laughs> that is just drama i love drama like that Hockey <laughs> you know Mo- fun. you know montreal was just like well they did this <laughs> so we're gonna tell on them oh yeah <laughs> that's a very montreal canadians thing to do yeah so i i'm very curious i unfortunately will not be at the game well i say unfortunately i'll be on my way to say to what are you saying i'll be on my way to la because i'm going to disneyland for my birthday oh, uh, it must it must be tough <laughs> must be tough to miss a game but i will be working the game on my birthday on tuesday that's fun that's fun yeah fun it is fun let's see if they make it fun Mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) and then i gotta go play a game of my own that's busy it went from fun to busy really quickly yeah so day job hockey job hockey player busy boy busy birthday boy busy busy bradford busy bradford busy bradford if there's if there's one thing that does not involve changing roster, what do you want to see the Preds do against the Carolina Hurricanes to make you feel like, okay, they at least made an adjustment? By changing roster, you mean lines? Yeah, like they can't, that does not involve scratching a player. So they've got to keep the current players on. Uh, so like, yeah, I, you just want be- me to not say Ben Harper. Well, no, no, I say that because I want to one, challenge you, and also two, it's going to be difficult to see a change in the lineup just knowing how the things operate. So I'm trying to make it more realistic. Oh, that, seriously. Well, I'm sorry for being a good host. Yeah, it <laughs> makes it tough. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I get hate for asking good questions. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the cop-out answer then. Put Philip, Tom- Philip Tomasino on the second power play unit. Okay. That's like the easiest way to do my supreme wish list, and I'll be quick with this one thing and one thing only. Play Borvietsky. That's it. Well, yeah. I- I'd love to see Borvietsky out there. That's. I don't think you need to put Rocco in. I don't no. think you need to put no, Benning in. No, you cannot put Rocco Grimaldi in with his defensive liabilities against the Carolina Hurricanes. But he's fast, Justin. He goes fast. Yeah, but he doesn't go fast the other way. <laughs> no, he doesn't. What do you want to see? What I would like to see is I'd like to see a focus <laughs> on not dumping and chasing all the time. Dumping and chasing works if you have players who want to dump and chase. Exactly. And and you shouldn't probably do it when you have your goalie pulled with less than a minute. <laughs> I so last night at work I was like, yeah, I've I've got the Predators and Kraken game, and we're watching, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't I don't want to watch this anymore. When you dump and chase with the goalie out, you're basically saying we have no offensive structure. 
And you're saying it's okay if we turn it over. Yeah. It's saying we're going to try and outwork you. Do that for the other, like, 58 minutes of the game. Not the last two minutes. Like, when I saw the dump and chase happen at the blue line, I was like, what? Did they just dump it to chase it with the goalie pulled? Like, and they need to score to force over. So what the hell? You can dump and chase. Dumping and chasing is perfectly acceptable if you have numbers and you're going the other way and you want to get it in deep and your offense revolves around setting it up from behind the net. Sure, dump and chase that way. In what world have you ever seen the Nashville Predators start an offense from behind the net? They start on the right side of the ice, funnel everything around the corner, and then kick it back to the right side, create point shots, and then funnel everything into the front of the net. If you look at any heat map... That is where all of the shots came from in the last game. It's a trend that we've seen going into last year, too. The heat map at 5-on-5, five five, according to Natural Stat Trick, is just high right side, and then you can see where all the rebounds kick out. That's that's the Predators. And if me, Joe Schmo, at 27 years old, can figure that out, you've got some real <laughs> shit problems. <laughs> so you might hear some bitching from us this season, but it's going to be constructive bitching. Yeah. That's That's what I really like to call it. It's... We, we're trying to identify things that we see that could hopefully make things better and develop the team better because, you know what? We get more listeners if the team does well overall. That's yes. just how it naturally works. So, yeah, we, we'd we like to see and the team do well. I'm not going to cheer, but I'd like to see them do well. It's good for the city. It's, it's good for them. It's good for their personalities and everything, too, and they do well, but make better decisions. You know how much more fun it'll be for us at the stadium series if they're exciting? They can be shit, but they can be exciting. There's well, yes. a huge difference there. You can also be shit and be god-awful on the ice. And I'm not saying they were god-awful, but they weren't good. There's just definite trend, signs of god-awful, though. Trend towards the other direction. Show us some growth. Let me have fun beers at the game and not this team makes me sad beers. Oh, boy. All right, folks. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. You can also find us at Triple P Podcast underscore and... Triple P podcast on Facebook as well. Make sure you're subscribing to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get the podcast. We are on there and give us a listen and interact with us. And hey, I'm sorry. We posted plenty of things about Disneyland on Sunday and Marvel and Star Wars. So you're just going to have to deal with that as Matt flips me the double birds. But as always, we do appreciate you tuning in and listening in. If there are certain things that happen during a game, that you really want to hear our opinion on, tweet it at us. We love to have topics that you want to hear us discuss and want our opinions on, uh, or if there's anything pop culture-wise that Matt needs to catch up on. I'll finish Barry. All right, and I know me, <laughs> my, my to-do is Ted Lasso. Yes. So I know I have to do. It's not just on Matt. It's on me as well. I Ted Lasso is done now. Season two, just it's finished. Like, oh, this, yeah, this, so... and, I, and I have to. It, well, Only Murders in the Building has been a fun one for me, a really fun one on Hulu. I need to... Did, I need to yeah, catch it's up. it's fantastic. It, there's only one episode left in the season, so that's been incredible. Uh, and then I still need to watch that um, documentary about the weight loss church. What? We'll talk about that off the air. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. I we don't... appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>